Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, it is Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network, presented by DraftKings. Smack dab in the middle of the week. We say hi. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. We're going to out- welcome in Albert Wynn, of course, handicapper, does a great job at Analytics Handicapper on Twitter. You can see his work at the Action Network. And scores and odds, that's the GOAT, old school. Also, analyticscapper.com. You were, Albert, welcome to the show and thank you. You were at the 127-125 win for the Mavs. You've got season tickets over the Lakers yesterday. I want to talk about this game because I was fascinated by it because I wondered what we get motivationally from the Lakers after giving so much on that in-season tournament, their first game back on the road, yet you've got a banged-up Mavs team. So I was fascinated from a props perspective. Obviously, Luka goes off 33-6 and 17 assists. LeBron, you could tell early on, you could answer. It looked like he wanted to be the facilitator. He had a bunch of assists early. Can you walk us through kind of what you saw in that Lakers-Mavs matchup? Yeah, of course. Great question. So I've been a season ticket holder for several years. I would say an energy, the energy in the building when it comes to a Lakers game is is second to none. We also had, you know, a a big LeBron dunk in the first half as well. But all those, all those things culminated to a really competitive fourth quarter. And you're right. The the Mavericks were on the second night of a back-to-back. The Lakers are coming off, you know, the in-season tournament. They're going to be raising the banners. You expected a, uh, you know, a, kind of a letdown spot. So I did like the Mavericks first half in that game. As far as props are concerned, anytime you have Luka Doncic on national TV playing against his, you know, basketball hero and LeBron James, you knew he was going to show out even though he wasn't 100%. So I like the the Luka Doncic overs there in terms of rebounds and assists, but I didn't play it personally. Albert, when you're at a game, do you take advantage of the opportunity to potentially in-game bet because you have a slight time advantage over the bookmaker? I do, I do, but I think Mark Cuban is really uh, savvy about that. He turns off the Wi-Fi every now and then, so you get spotty service inside the arena, so you can't bet against his team or something. But yes, <laughs> definitely, when you're in stadium, when you're watching it live, you get like a three or four second head start on the books. Um, but it's it's really hard to do that, in my opinion, because basketball is so variance, right? It's all about three-point shooting now in 2023, and so. Uh, If a team is hot early, maybe that's when you want to fade that team. But at the end of the day, sometimes they just stay hot 20, 25 threes, and you can't really contain that. By by the way, project to, no, go ahead. I was just saying, not surprised with Cuban. He's one of the cheapest owners in sports. People just don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Albert's putting money in his pockets because he's got some great season tickets there, right behind the, uh, right, right there on the wood. So t- tell us what you think projecting forward the Mavs this year, sitting 15 and eight, kind of an odd roster construct, as you know, but just what what do you think projecting forward for the Mavs? Yeah, I do think they're one or two pieces away from being a legitimate NBA contender. Um, anytime you have a Luka Doncic, the top five player in the league, you have the um, 
a great chance to win games. In seven-game series, that's when defenses really scheme against that that person, really elevates his his weaknesses. And so I think they're still one player away. Outside of Luka and Kyrie, who's hurt currently, um, I think the most important player right now, hopefully he continues to develop for Dallas, is going to be Derek Lively because he's going to be the biggest piece in terms of their interior presence, um, the longest, the most athletic. They didn't. They haven't had that for several years now. And now that they have Derek Lively, he just needs to be able to play sound defense without fouling and also control the, the defensive glass. Albert, a couple of things. Number one, are you a believer that this current lineup, the way it's constructed with Kyrie and uh, Luka, can stay the course? Because we know historically Kyrie at some point in time will kind of lose his marbles. And then are you a believer or a buyer into the Minnesota Timberwolves and the start they've had to the season? Yeah, great question there, Amal. I, I think I am a believer in Dallas um, with Luke and Kyrie. I think we saw it last night. So uh, the Dallas Mavericks were on fire from three. They were going into the second half of the third quarter uh, up double digits. When Luka sat down, that's when LeBron and the Lakers really, um, you know, concerted their efforts and really got the, the game back into competitive spirits. I think the Lakers ended up being up by one or two points while Luka was on the bench. Those four to five minutes, usually that's when Kyrie kind of dominates, whether it's offensively shooting the ball or getting to the free throw line. He's one of the best grifters in the NBA. As far as the T-Wolves, I'm a big believer. I think this is finally the fruition, uh, what, what they envisioned when they gave up half the team, right, for Rudy Gobert. They are the best defensive team in the NBA, and when you play defense, you're always going to be in games. Handicapper Albert Wynn joining us here, Sharp Money. So I love what you're doing here because most would look and say Lakers at the Spurs. The Spurs have lost 17 straight. You're catching right now at DraftKings three and a half with the Spurs. But you mentioned at the onset, Albert, a tough fourth quarter where the Lakers gave everything. Now they travel to San Antonio. You like the underdog here. Yeah, the, it's all about spots, right? Especially the long season and in the NBA. This is a second night of a back-to-back -back for the Lakers. LeBron may or may not go. Anthony Davis may or may not go. But even if they were to be in the lineup today, I don't think they're going to play their full, you know, 35 to 40 minutes tonight against a young, up-and-down San Antonio Spurs team. So I like the Spurs not only for the full game, but I like them first half as well. You do have a little bit of concern when it comes to um, the fact that they haven't played in several days, but I think the the, ener the energy and the pace of play is, is really going to um, surprise the Lakers, to be honest, because Dallas plays slow. So they were ready for Dallas. San Antonio is a completely different beast, even though they're, what, 3-19 and 19 on the year. Albert, before uh, we started, the, or excuse me, when we started the show today, we were talking about Draymond Green and the impact he has on this Warriors team. What do you look at when you see a potential long suspension looming for Draymond and how it impacts Golden State? Man, Draymond Green, when he when he's motivated, when he's engaged in the game of basketball, he's to me one of the most versatile defenders in the league. He's one of the best playmakers in the league, and the way that he can think the game to me is is top tier elite level stuff. But I think, and I hope he hears this, I think he's more worried about his content for podcasts as opposed to knocking down a, a open three point shot. And because of that, he just hasn't been the same player. So to me, I know it seems like a, a big layoff for, uh, for Draymond Green is gonna impact the Warriors. I personally don't think, think so. I think Jonathan Kaminga has really stepped up the last couple games. So he's going to get a lot more run, a lot more usage. And then they already have, you know, the floor general and, and Chris Paul off the bench that can play that Draymond Green role on, on offense. So to me, I'm not worried about it. I think the biggest, um, you know, weak, weak link in that starting lineup right now is Klay Thompson. So Klay Thompson really needs to step it up, hit his open shots. If not, then I think the Warriors are dead in the water. Rematch from the semis of the in-season tournament, the Pacers at the Bucks, And you like the Bucks laying six and a half here, Albert. I do. I love the Bucks here. And usually when I like the full game, I do, uh, you know, bet on the first half as well. But this is a, a revenge spot for the Bucks. They are 0-2 against the Pacers. That in-season tournament, even though it was, quote-unquote, a home game for Milwaukee, it wasn't in Milwaukee's building. Um, so this is the first, guy, first time they're going to catch the Pacers in their own building. 
And then, you know, everybody knows about the narrative, even though I'm not a big narrative guy, but the whole Tyrese Halliburton uh, with the celebration mocking Damian Lillard, I think a lot of that is overblown, you know, especially in today's media and social media. But I think there is a little bit of animosity there with Damian Lillard. So I think if you don't want to touch the game in terms of the total, which is crazy right now, I think it's 258, or the side, Bucks minus six and a half, I will look into Damian Lillard player props, whether it's over threes or over points, because I think he's going to have a big game. Albert, Tampa's on the road. They got a great win against Atlanta last weekend. Now they're up at Lambeau Field. Uh, two questions on this one. Which side of this game do you come out on? And then also your thoughts on Jordan Love as a quarterback going forward for Green Bay. Yeah, as far as all starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year, I think he's the most improved from week one to what we saw. Uh, I mean, last week was tough, right, against the Giants and Tommy DeVito and, and all the energy there in New York. But um, I think Jordan Love is a lot more comfortable now under Matt LaFleur. He is taking command of that offense, and he's really giving his wide receivers these 50-50 balls, which he didn't have the confidence to, of doing early in the season. So to answer your question, I like Jordan Love moving forward, and because of that, I like the Packers to bounce back this week to cover the three and a half, but I think they're going to, if you want to bet alternate spreads as well, uh, four, four and a half, five, I think Green Bay Packers are really going to take control of this game. Lions are laying four against Denver, and you're going to lay it with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the Lions are Jekyll and Hyde, right? They, you know, when they get hot, they start disappointing you. They're kind of like this year's uh, Dallas Cowboys, to be honest. But even though they are located in Detroit, they are a in-dome, finesse, speed type of team. They're back home this week. If you look at their their record this season, I believe all of their all of their losses except one were in outdoor, outside conditions with weather, things like that. So now that they're back indoors, they can really lean into their athletes. They can lean into their speed on that turf. And I think the the Detroit Lions are not only going to cover, but I think they're going to hit team total overs. They're going to have, you know, uh, Jared Goff is going to prob probably have two or three touchdowns. So I think Detroit is a really strong play this week. Brilliant. Albert Wynn, great job. Handicapper at analytics, handicapper underscore P on Twitter. You can see his work at the Action Network and Scores and Odds and the website, analyticscapper.com. Thank you, Albert. Appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. You saw the picture, right, Amal? He's got some pretty sweet. You probably went to that arena many times there in Dallas. He's got some sweet uh, seats there right on the wood. Yeah, absolutely. Great seats. You walk in right through where the players' tunnel entrance is. It's a great place to sit. The big guy, Mr. Future. He's going to become a R&B singer. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, call him Future. And he's got some future plays that he updated yesterday. Coming up next here, Sharp Money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, become a VSIN pro. All the benefits, all there. Pro tools, pro picks at a glance, pro tips, introductory offer. You get it all for $9.99 right now. It's a great deal. VSIN.com slash subscribe to sign up. So we just had a bunch of guests on the show. They gave out a bunch of picks. Those picks are for VSIN pro. So if you missed any of the spots across of course, VEASAN's programming each day. You'll get the picks. You won't miss out. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Got you back here. I'm all shot. Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Just uh, taking a look here. I've got a bunch of plays from Gable. Again, holiday season. I'll give you a few of those coming up. I know Amal, you have a take on the Miami Dolphins you want to get to. But the big guy, he's fired up. He sent earlier today that he's added to his arsenal of futures so we take a look and we'll start with Stefanski coach of the year he's sitting 14 to 1 why don't you give us an idea of where the others sit as well when you sell us on Stefanski yeah look when you look at this market I think there are a few things to note one that Dan Campbell's not winning the award despite being the favorite at two to one it's the most perplexing probably number out there in the marketplace right now we've discussed it plenty of times uh, and there's a few others that I, I think that Stefanski's being overlooked for. I don't really understand it. Um, look, Mike McDaniel's not winning it at plus 450. I mean, nope. I think we all agree that D'Amico Ryan's not is, after that loss. Yeah, no D'Amico Ryan's with, with Houston is interesting. But let's say Stroud misses this week because it's you know only Purdy's come back from having a concussion and playing in the next week. But maybe Stroud, you know, misses two games and they lose games. That's going to hurt D'Amico Ryan's case because the record's going to matter at the end despite all the culture changing that's happening there. Uh, I think Steichen's in the mix, but we're seeing that they're pretty susceptible because they're horrible on defense. Sean Payton's a guy that makes a lot of sense right now, but let's see them finish out. You know, they just lost a game. Let's see them finish things out and play they were during their winning streak. Kyle Shanahan, as much as I would want him to win the award, he's someone who I've always thought about backing at the beginning of the year because the number is bigger than it should be. I just think this awards market, when you're handicapping what the voters will do, and that's what you're doing. You're not doing what you think will happen, but what the voters will do. They don't give guys like Shanahan credit for having successful seasons, even if they win 14, 13 games. Um, John Harbaugh, I don't see it happening because, I mean, they haven't, other than Mark Andrews, no real health issues. I do think Mike McCarthy is live at 20-1 to 1 for some reason, but when you look at what Kevin Stefanski has been up against, the fact that they're going to go to the playoffs pretty much if things shake out the way they have so far, uh, he's had lost three offensive tackles, two on the right side, one on the left side. He lost his all-pro running back. Uh, on the defensive side, Miles Garrett has been banged up. And he's on his fourth quarterback of the year, yet they're just cruising along, doing their thing here. And I think at 14-1, to it's not necessarily that I think he's going to win the award. It's that I think that number does not reflect how much in the mix he is for this. Yeah, a few things to address here, Patrick. Let's start. We've got 10 people on this list, starting with Dan Campbell, the Lions, all the way down to Zach Taylor, 22-1. to 1. 
There's three teams on here that are on a backup quarterback, or in the Browns' case, a fourth-string quarterback. You've got the Colts, who had a rookie quarterback. He gets injured. But how effective Anthony Richardson would have been remains to be seen mm -hmm. because he's a rookie. Highly unlikely that he performed at the same level as C.J. Stroud. You've got Zach Taylor, who's got Jake Browning now, who's playing, I think, starting his third consecutive game. They've gotten off to a good start with Browning so far, but let's see if they can maintain that. I thought Dustin laid out a great argument for Kevin Stefanski at 14-1. to the fourth quarterback factor is huge for me. And here's the other thing. Deshaun Watson has been a train wreck. Phillip Walker is a guy who's a journeyman player. Dorian Thompson Robinson, he's a guy who's going to hope to hang on in the league for a few years. And Joe Flacco is a guy who was working out with his brother during the middle of the season. If that doesn't scream coach of the year, I don't know what does. And to add to it, when you look around right now, this betting market, this is one of the most misleading things ever because there's a couple of factors here. Number one, there's no statistical things from a voting perspective that make you determine who's going to win this award. It's all subjective to what the voters it's do. It's the most volatile in season. Absolutely. Any of these things that are voted upon, especially a coach of the year where there's never any conversation about it. The MVP, there's a lot of talk about it. We saw how Kendrick Perkins was able to drive the narrative last year. But in terms of coach of the year, you don't generate a lot of conversation around it. Uh, maybe just, you know, people like us when we talk about it. But I'm talking about from the voters' perspective. And to me, when you really break it down and you say, who did the best job potentially with the least amount of talent or the biggest challenges, and the Cleveland Browns sitting at 8-5 and five in week number 14 for them, NFL week number 15, is an impressive feat when you look at you mentioned Nick Chubb argued with the best running back in football outside of Amari Cooper there's nobody in that receiving core you go wow I'm glad the Browns have him and Joku makes a great play and then on every second play makes a drop that he shouldn't have I, I think this team and this coaching staff deserve a ton of credit Evan Washburn echoed the same sentiments earlier they're, they're not just in the playoffs they're the five seed yeah like they're eight and five it's not like they're squeaking in. I also think there, there's some some credence to, to Kevin uh, Kevin O'Connell at 30 to one as well for Coach of the Year. If they find their way in the playoffs, I think he's in the mix as well, and it looks like they have a very good shot of getting there. Also, the Browns are doing it in the toughest division in football. This yeah. is not the NFC South. You know, if you're in the NFC South, you're like, hey, how do you not make the playoffs? Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Cleveland at this point in time are in the postseason. Now, whether that will continue remains to be seen. But for me, it's Kevin Stefanski. And I think a number of these, these numbers are almost fictitious in the sense that why is Dan Campbell coach of the year? He's not. And I love your play at 14-1 to 1 on Stefanski. And the injuries are really helping you. Yes. Also, the Flacco the Flacco. Uh, resurgent story is helping you as well because it's it's kind of the quarterback whispery thing that people and voters love. I'll tell you a name that if he were to win out, because there's a lot of momentum specifically with the way they're scoring, if he were to win out, he also might be coaching the MVP and were to win his division because it's not an easy schedule. It's Buffalo, it's Miami, it's Detroit, and it's Washington. McCarthy at 20 to 1 is worth yes, a shot. I, I, I absolutely think McCarthy is in the mix. If he wins out. I think he's the big sleeper in this market because if they if they somehow win the East and you know Philly's got to keep faltering here, he looks really good because yep. look it the job he's done when he took over for Jason Garrett. I know we all look at the Cowboys and go, you know, they have so many pieces and so many weapons, but they still weren't getting it done. He's done a really good job despite people like us doubting his ability to adapt to quote unquote current NFL. I, I don't disagree with your guys' assertion on that, but when I think of teams that have had great success, Harbaugh won Coach of the Year in 2019 at 14-2. and two. Jason Garrett won it with the Cowboys at 13-3. and three. I think the thing that hurts him is the fact that they've got a lot of talent on the team. That's, that's the only negative I see with Mike McCarthy. I, you know, the big problem with some of these betting awards markets is there needs to be a real classification or qualifier in terms of what the parameters are. Are you talking about a team that's overcome a lack of talent but done a great job to get to the postseason? Are you talking about a guy who's elevated a team that was, you yeah. know, the Cowboys were like 11-6, and six, but now they're looking at a potential, what, 14-3 uh, and three season? So what is really that constitutes what the award comprises? Yeah, I think every, every voter has different parameters, right? It's like who did the best job, who did the most with the least, who dealt with the most adversity, who stepped up in big games. I I just think it's the most subjective award we have out there. I, I honestly, I'm going to say this now. Next year, I'm going to do a bit on the show where every week I bet a different coach of the year. 
because I do think the market is so volatile. Who can I get ahead of each week? Because Kevin Stefanski, I think it was like 50 to 1 a week ago, something what? like that. It was something crazy. This market is constantly shifting. The one thing I'll add, Patrick, real quick, there have been two coaches in 35 years that have won the award that have not had 10 wins or more. One was Jimmy Johnson. He went seven and nine with the Cowboys in 1990. And the other one was last year, Brian Dayball. He went nine, seven and one with the Giants. Jimmy Johnson absolutely teared, like his legacy takes a hit when he speaks on TV. <laughs> there's, there's no way that that human with words coming out of his mouth was a good coach. Like it's not possible. Like he's not even, I'm sorry. But you guys understand what I'm saying, yes, right? Like, yes. he's just saying nonsense. Like, that's not even, what are you talking about, bro? Like, I, can, can I throw in an absolutely insane name at you? And, like, look, th when you're taking a shot this deep on the board. Matt Eberflus? Yeah, 75 <laughs> to 1. The, that defense looks like a top five defense right now. They are not totally out of the, out of the playoff picture. I was joking. Oh, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. If they make the playoffs with the way things started, sometimes people get credit for fixing what went wrong in the first There's half. There's no of the chance season. Eberflus wins that, but I will say his his whole entire season turned on a dime when he got confused and didn't hear that question at halftime. And he goes, You just wait, we got some tricks up our sleeve. Remember that? Yes, yes. When Thursday night football. When what's her name? Hartung. Yeah, she was asking him a question. He legitimately, you could just tell he couldn't hear. So he goes, I don't know. Yeah, we got some tricks up our sleeve. I don't think they've lost since. He's been on a run. And Montez right. Sweat was a genius move. Was it? He's made a difference on their defense. But I mean, you he, could have signed him as a free agent. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the point. They gave up oh, yeah, assets for yeah, a dude yeah. that couldn't wait to go to Chicago, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we return, the last MVP that wasn't a quarterback was a running back. The big guys added a running back to his arsenal of futures. And Amal Shaw thinks Mike McDaniel at four and a half to one MVP, excuse me, coach of the year. He thinks his team is fraudulent. We'll discuss those two coming back here. Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, so we're always debating here on Sharp Money what it takes to be number one, but Zen nicotine pouches, well, they're already there. You can go check out your Zen. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or a dipper looking to ditch the ashtray or the spit cup, look no further than Zen. Zen is made with six simple ingredients. It's available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. It's available in two strengths, so you can control your nicotine satisfaction because it's discreet. You can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game, plus every Zen. And Canna Zen earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zen swag, and even gift cards. Find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. As a warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We're back here. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Okay, I know Amal's got his take on the Dolphin. Just quickly wanted to get to the other futures that you've got going on. Again, Adrian Peterson was the last, I believe, you guys remember the year? The last non-quarterback? 2012. Okay, that sounds about right. Last non-quarterback to win the MVP. We're hitting the MVP market for another future here, big guy, and that is Christian McCaffrey at 35 to 1. Yeah, you know, this is one of those bets where maybe I just have like sour grapes from the fact that I didn't fire on Brock Purdy at 50 to 1, like week three or four of the season when I wanted to and talked myself out of it. But when you look at that team and, you know, they lost the three in a row and Brock Purdy didn't elevate his game, I think there's a strong case against him. And if you want to have the best player on the best team win the award, Christian McCaffrey is the best player on the best team, even though Debo Samuel is having a great last you know, few weeks. Uh, I think this number on McCaffrey is going to potentially shorten up here when you look at the schedule. That's why I'm getting in at 35-1. to 1. Uh, They're at Arizona this week. They allow the second most rush yards in the league and the fourth most rushing touchdowns to running backs. Remember, 
McCaffrey finds the end zone. He had that streak of like 12, 13, whatever it was in a row where he found the end zone. He could potentially have a monster day this week in that shorten up. Following the Cardinals, it's the Ravens against the Niners. And while the Ravens are known for having a good run defense, they are allowing running backs about middle of the road, 17th in rush yards to running backs. What they do, though, is limit the passer. Brock Purdy could have a tough day that day. They allow the least amount of passing touchdowns and the seventh fewest passing yards in the league right now. So coming off Arizona where McCaffrey could pop, could be a bad game for Purdy, I think that could shorten things up a lot for McCaffrey, who then would have Washington in the second to last game of the year. That defense has given up. That defense stunk before they traded Chase Young, before they traded Montez Sweat and sold all the pieces. What do you think they're going to care about second to last game of the year, week 17, and they allow the most receiving yards to running backs. Another thing that McCaffrey is really good at doing. I don't know if he's going to win the award. I will also point out that the last non-quarterback that I bet to win this award got injured the following week in Tyreek Hill. Oof. But I will say, I have added this to the portfolio of MVP bets. And I haven't made as many as you would think based on my history. I have Lamar Jackson 13-1. to Kirk Cousins 130-1 to RIP. Miles Garrett, 300 to 1, not happening. And then Tyreek Hill and now McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey, the number at 30, 35 to 1 is just way too big. I, I hear your argument for McCaffrey and I think he's an outstanding player, but he's not going to win it. I'll tell you what, even I don't think Purdy's going to win it. I think it's going to be Dak Prescott. And the reason is you look at his numbers, 28 touchdowns, 6 INTs, but it's the way the Cowboys have played down the stretch. They have just dismantled teams. I mean, this is a team I talked about it, uh, I think, on Monday or Tuesday, or Monday, excuse me. You know, this team has scored, I think, 33 points or more in six of their last seven games. They've just been so proficient offensively. I think the problem with the Niners is they have so many pieces and parts that are so elite. You know, you look at this Cowboys running game this year, it's taken a step back. You know, Zeke wasn't great, but he opened up the middle there for Pollard on the perimeter. That's changed the dynamic. Pollard, had, listen, guys, we haven't talked about Tony Pollard much this year, and there's a reason yeah. for it. Dak Prescott, 28 touchdowns, 6 INTs, Purdy, 25-7. and seven. Numbers are comparable. Completion percentage, quarterback ratings, they're all in the same area code. He's either going to win or lose the award in the next three weeks. Yeah, but the schedule works out well, right? You're at Buffalo, and even if they don't win the game, but he plays well, they've got a chance at the Dolphins. Um, I, I think he's got a great opportunity. I think as good as Purdy is, I think the argument would be made that there's 10 to 12 guys that could play in San Francisco and they could do the same thing. Yeah, one thing I'd add about McCaffrey is it's not a crazy historical stat, but if he keeps the NFL rushing lead for four more weeks, he'll be the first player since Emmett Smith in 95 to lead the NFL in rushing every single week from the first week to the last week. <laughs> a little consistency. <laughs> I just think I, if, look, the number's too big. The no, 35 to 1, I have to jump in and get a little but, taste. But you got to ask yourself one thing from a betting perspective. Like You took Miles Garrett, and I get it at 300 to 1, but there's been one defensive player to win MVP, right? Taylor in 86. And so to me, when you see a McCaffrey at 35 to one, what does he have to do in the final four games of the regular season to be able to catapult Brock and Dak Prescott at this point in time? So it's less what he has to do and one that I do not think there is a clear cut MVP at the moment. Like Dak is having a great year, but he's beaten, you know, one good team and he's got to go to Buffalo, which they've been surging the last, you know, or they look good off the bye, I should say. Uh, Miami, who now has something to prove defensively, and it's still on the road in Miami, not sure he's going to throw all over them based on his, you know, recent numbers on the road. Uh, Lamar is in the mix, but he's not having a sexy season for a guy who runs the ball as much as he does. Jalen Hurts has too many turnovers. I don't think he can win. Tyreek Hill just got hurt. I think proved he's the MVP, but because he didn't have the numbers from this last game, he's not in. Mahomes isn't the MVP. Like, there is no clear-cut MVP, so I'm going to take the shot at 35-1. to 1. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but the problem I have with the MVP award now is it's become like the, he it's become like the Heisman Trophy, right? Like, the running backs get the Doak Walker, and the quarterbacks get the Heisman, and the NFL the non-quarterback gets the Offensive Player of the Year award. Sure. Well, I also have him at 12 to 1 win <laughs> Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> He's in the big guy is in big guy mode right now. I have great news for you because you've mentioned about 35 times that he, McCaffrey, is 35 to 1. I got great news for you. Hmm. He's now 40 to 1 at DraftKings. So his number it. has lengthened since you looked at it this morning at DraftKings. So you, you like 35 to 1? You love 40 to 1, big guy. It's not often I get involved in something and something lengthens, if you know what I mean. We knew that was coming. Um, Dak, one and a half. So plus 150. Brock Purdy, plus 185. Who was it? 
recently there there's been a lot uh, maybe it was cam that came out yeah. and, and crushed like per- Goff. he crushed purdy he crushed dak yep. i think he put there was one, one of the quarterbacks who, who was the other tua name? tua yeah, yeah good one and he said they were all just game managers yeah. and so now he's taken a lot of heat for it but dak's plus 150 purdy plus 185 dustin you mentioned lamar jackson plus 475 totally agree with you for the Lamar season, it's I think you put it well. Not a sexy season for a guy that um, likes to run the football. Jalen Hurts six and a half to one. Tyreek injured sixteen to one. Don't know if he'll be playing. Justin Jefferson, by the way, he is going to be playing this weekend. I'm not sure if you mentioned that in three point, but I saw that pop up. Sixteen to one on Mahomes, and then Allen eighteen to one. So there's two of twenty, and the McCaffrey forty. I- I think Dustin made the best argument on Tyreek Hill, which is you saw Miami's offense with him and Miami's offense without him. Trust me, they are not putting up 70 against the Denver Broncos without Tyreek Hill in that lineup. And by the way, not only that, how about the fall off that we've seen in Kansas City's offense this year? As good as Travis Kelsey is, he also benefited from having Tyreek Hill around him, as did Patrick Mahomes. I go back to last year's Super Bowl. Somehow the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Mahomes throws for 182 yards, and they put up over 30 points. I mean, to me, that's the biggest shock, is the drop-off you've seen from the offensive production with Kansas City. They went with the New England Patriots blueprint. We can just throw guys out there at wide receiver. You know what? It doesn't work no matter how great your quarterback is Dustin the way you were at you were just coming with McCaffrey facts like I'm gonna that was manifest right there manifest I'm gonna call you James Polk there, there's that was a manifest destiny. there's a bit of bitterness in me placing this I could tell there was a tinge of bitterness because in I you know normally I'm constantly firing in these awards markets but I've somehow been very disciplined throughout the NFL season and I realized like it's almost over, and I haven't really messed around a lot, and I missed out on some really good opportunities in the year. So I was looking at the numbers, and I wasn't going to let a guy getting that long, who I think does have a good case, get out of there without me betting on him, especially before he faces the Cardinals, who can't stop the run. I, I have a question for both you. We can answer it on the other side, because you mentioned we're near the end of the NFL season. What is the one lesson you've learned from a betting perspective this year, whether you knew it in the past or not, but maybe you would apply it going forward that you think you can apply in the 2024 season that maybe you didn't do this year? Good question. And you mentioned the key word there, big guy. You said discipline. And when I think of you, I think of discipline. I'm a very disciplined person. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Those conversations when you're leaving work on a Friday, will you or won't you? Discipline. <laughs> yeah. The diets... On and off, discipline. Wait, when, Futures when, market, discipline. When I go meet with my trainer, Nathan, for the one time this week, he's going to go, you know what? I think about what you've done without me this last week. Discipline's the word that comes to mind. Yeah, Dustin's got a new trainer. I keep asking him, is he good? He goes, I don't know if he's good, but I know he's Brazilian and he's yeah. jacked. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer he gives every single time. So he must be good. Sharp money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet $5, get $150 in bonus bets instantly tonight. Some NBA action on the DraftKings app. For new customers using the promo code SHARP, S H A R P. Again, $5, $150 in bonus bets instantly, plus all betters every day. DraftKings, no sweat, same game parlay. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Okay, boys, we're back here, Sharp Money. Uh, we were just looking at some of the props tonight. Uh, I do like the Giannis prop. I'm going to get to the reasoning coming up in just a little bit. That's an interesting matchup. How about that total? That has to be. So what was the total on the Pacers Bucks on the in-season tournament? Now, that number stayed under. I think it was 250, 256. Was it 250? I, or 250. Double check it, but because this it's is now two, It was 259 this morning. It's down to 258. So the Pacers at the Bucks, two fifty six and a half. Okay, so it's gone up a point and a half even after cashing to the under in the in season tournament. Back familiar confines for the Bucks. Remember the Bucks the last time out, I believe at home, was their best scoring night of the year. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was against the Knicks. Yeah, because that they had yet to move to Vegas uh, for the tournament where they shot like 60% from the field and made a ton of threes, the Bucks, Offensively, they've been good. Defensively has been the issue for them. Can you imagine um, like telling, like not that you were betting in the 90s, but like watching 90s basketball and being like, yeah, there's going to be totals in the NBA with a, the 250s. I remember mid-90s when Shaq had just gone to the Lakers the first year. Celtics, Knicks, total was 220 on a Sunday afternoon game. And I was like, dude, got to bet the under there. There's no shot. <laughs> I can remember sitting in Brooklyn uh, in like 2012 and just like looking at the board because obviously I needed to get some action. And all of the totals were like 184, 183, 183 and a half, 184. Think about that. From, one, from the 180s to 258 and a half on a total tonight. It's a different ball game. It's and another it's half of even, basketball. No, it's more eleven than years. It, that's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Um, speaking of which, so we've got two losing streaks that are insane going on right now. The 76ers at the Pistons. The Pistons, of course, have lost twenty straight. The 76ers laying twelve. Uh, you may not lay it with the 76ers, but are you comfortable taking it with the Pistons tonight? My guess is the answer is no. And the fascinating one we had our buddy Albert win on earlier today. Amal, your sub, your San Antonio Spurs have lost seventeen straight, but it's an impossible spot for the Lakers. They exerted so much in the fourth quarter. We don't know about LeBron's availability. We don't know about AD's availability, and the Lakers are laying three at the Spurs who have lost 17 straight. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Victor had a monster game the other night, 18 boards and five block shots, but this team continues to struggle. And tell you what, it feels like uh, when you look at Popovich, he's taking the Bill Belichick route, right? I mean, this team was great. Now all of a sudden they can't even put wins together. Just three wins on the season. They better figure out a way, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, to get on what? track as soon as they can. Thank you. He's um, allergic to the NBA. 
Well, I'm allergic to teams with under five wins. I mean, this I, is horrible. I'll, I've only watched Wemby. I'm being straight up. I've yeah. only watched a full game of Wemby once. Have you guys watched him more and taken anything else away from Victor Wembayama? I have. Look, I think there's a few factors. Number one, he's going to need to put on a little bit of weight, not a ton. Uh, I'll give him some. He doesn't have the Kevin Durant type of mobility at that size, and he's obviously, what, almost six inches taller than Kevin Durant. But he is starting to find himself. You look at he's got, what, now six straight double-doubles, or excuse me, five straight double-doubles, but he's putting up monster rebounding numbers. Last two nights, 38 rebounds combined. I mean, he is really doing some work. I, I think this kid's going to be a star. The health was my concern coming in. I know Chet Holmgren's having a great year for Rookie of the Year. But, and by the way, Patrick, you said something last week, and I thought about it a couple days later. It is ridiculous that a second-year player is in contention for Rookie yeah, of the Year in the terrible. NBA. Yeah, it's happened before, though, I think. No, no ben Simmons. Yeah, Ben Simmons, that's who it was. Because, I, I, again, I, I, it has nothing to do with the on-the-court on stuff, so they talk about missing X amount of games. Everything about the NBA is adjusting to the lifestyle. Yep. So once you get in the rhythm of understanding condition to know the travel and all that kind of stuff, that's you're no longer a rookie, and Holmgren was doing that. that makes, it makes a huge difference. But in terms of Victor, I like the way he's playing. It's the... People around him, the team, they're just not good when you look at this it's team. It's a weird roster. It is. It's like a lot of, like, sixth, sixth men. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what got like, yeah. like, on, on a halfway I was gonna say eighth team, guy. they're, like, all, like, sixth men off the bench. Yeah. Hey, just wanted to quickly also uh, talk about this uh, because NC State got a real one. Grayson McCall's going to NC State. Well, it's about time. They failed on uh, Armstrong coming in from Virginia. Morris decides to transfer out Morris after four games. Morris was good, too. I, I didn't understand why he pulled the plug so he, quick. I, no, more, Morris pulled the plug on himself. Yeah, I know. He said, I'm not going to play a fifth game. I want my red shirt here, I, and then I'm going to leave. I think Dave Dorn is a really good coach, but he doesn't look like Donk. he's fun to play for. It seems like everybody there. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was the exact same. Oh, Tom O'Brien. Tom O'Brien. Tom O'Brien. Military Tom O'Brien. Yeah. Tom O'Brien. He went BC to NC State, yeah. right? I, I think yeah, for, some, for some of these young quarterbacks, look, he, I think Morris thought NC State's the best I can do out of high school. He put he thought he put enough on film in two or three games, whatever it is, before having to get red shirt, before you know, redshirting himself again. He said, I have enough on film. Someone better is going to come get me. I, I have a quick question. I know I'm looking ahead as an older person, but doesn't anybody think like, hey, NC State's a really good school. I'm going to get a degree from NC State. And if I don't make it to the league, that might actually help me in life. I mean, Dave, I Doran's that, Dave Doran is like literally the guy that's like, we're going to play solid defense and win eight games <laughs> yeah, every year. Yeah, no, he's a good coach. Yeah, and like he'll have years where, where he can match up with some of the big ones and knock off a big team, but you're never contending for a title. And I only say that as someone who bet them, not this year, but last year with Devin Leary to win the national title at like 70 to one. It should have been 7,000 to one. <laughs> Dave Doran's been there since 2013. Wow. Well, they must be content with eight and four in Raleigh. <laughs> yeah, that is that's the type of job you want. Job security. Uh, big guy, you got a prop? Yeah, I got four tonight. Uh, Sadiq Bay over 14 and a half points for the for the Hawks. DeAndre Hunter's questionable. I think if he ends up not playing, Bay could get more looks. Toronto allows the six most po most points to uh, small forwards this year. A guy I've been riding lately is uh, Caleb Martin over 16 and a half points. He's gone over that in three of fours facing the Hornets. Allow the ninth, ninth most points per game to small forwards. Remember Miami's still without Bam, Hero, and Highsmith. Uh, another one I like, Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart, over 18 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. The Marvin Bagley's out, which means the only big men for Detroit are Beef Stew and James Wiseman. So lots of time on the floor for one Isaiah Stewart. Uh, I think he can have a night against Philly in what should be a blowout. And then finally, this is an interesting one, R.J. Barrett. Normally you and I like to bet on Julius Randle. But they're facing the Jazz on the road. Markkanen and Kessler are going to play. That could impact some of Randall's rebounding. Uh, as far as Barrett goes, I don't see anyone really outside of Colin Sexton that he's going to have to focus on shutting down on the perimeter defensively because Clarkson's out. And when Barrett doesn't have to worry about the defensive side of things, his offense tends to be better. Jazz allow the second most points, 10th most assists to small, forward, uh, small forwards this year. We'll go Barrett over 23.5 points and assists. Okay, if you, same game, by the way. If you can get Cade six and a half, I don't know, Dustin, what your book is showing. Cade six and a half assists go over. Cade Cunningham, who can't shoot, but he can dish. Um, you, by the way, your favorite 
nickname of all time is Beef Stew. It's, because you've said that to me randomly on the phone a dude. few times, and I'm like, I what, that's my team, and I didn't know he was Beef he, Stew. Like, Beef Stew, if you look at him and you, realize, you find out his nickname is Beef Stew, you're like, no one has ever been given a better nickname than Isaiah Stewart has been given than Beef Stew. Can now, I give you a better one? Yes, yeah, Swede for me, but you refuse to call me. <laughs> no. <that. laughs> nope, nope, nope. Kevin Herter, Red Velvet. It's a good one. It's a good one. Oh, it's a good one. No, you you might have me beat there. You might have me beat with Red Velvet. Come on. Red Velvet might be the all-time great. The Red Velvet. Also, I I don't think anybody really loves him, but uh, Trey Young, Ice Trey, he's cold. That's not bad. He's cold this year. It's funny you said you're Trey Young. I was looking at some of the – uh, Hawks numbers when you were talking about them? Dude, is he a forgotten guy? Is he still in the league? He plays defense like the Big 12 football played defense like 2009. Which is an issue because they have a coach now that wants to play defense. Yes. Well, the problem with Trey is he's shooting 41%, and when that's all you can do, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, he, even when he was, even the first couple of years when he was putting up absurd numbers, and they had that great series against the Knicks in the postseason. It's still not a dude you would say, I want my team to trade for him. Completely agree. No, because you have to change everything you're doing to fit no, what he can do. Exactly. He's like, for a guy who averages 20-something points a game, he's like the smallest guy in the league. Takes a lot of shots, too. Oh, he's a chucker. Heavy volume. Heavy volume. Okay, boys. Well, good luck this evening. Uh, who are we thanking? We had a lot of great guests on today. We had Mike Palm. Did a great job. Evan Washburn. Bobby Stanley. And Albert Wynn. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Remember, vcin.com slash subscribe. vcin.com slash bull guide. It's completely free. Get it now before the bulls come. We'll see you tomorrow. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.